In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, before anything else, from all of us here at St. John's, uh, Father Pollard, Father Melmer, myself, Brother Aeneas, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's a beautiful thing that we get to celebrate on this first day of the year, the Feast of Our Lady, the Solemnity of Our Blessed Mother. And it's fitting for all sorts of reasons that we should do so today. One, because this is the octave day of Christmas. This is the eighth day after the birth of the Lord. And today is the day that Christ would have received his name at circumcision. That he would be called, as we heard in our gospel, Jesus. The name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And that the first ones to call him by this name are Mary and Joseph. This name under which we find salvation. We're told there's no other name under heaven by which salvation is given. So it's a great thing for us to be able to celebrate today on this eighth day in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, the intercession of Our Lady, the first time that that holy name comes into the world and is heard by human ears, the name through which we receive salvation. And there's, of course, no one who treasures that name in her heart quite like Our Lady. The other thing that makes it particularly appropriate that we should celebrate Our Lady on this first day of the year is the fact that the Lord has done nothing so new, so refreshing, and so unique in all of history as prepare Our Lady and give the world Jesus Christ through her. The world has never seen anything so fresh and new and full of life as Our Lady and the Christ Child. Never. I encourage you, read those first chapters of Genesis. And it goes pretty well for chapters 1 and 2 as God creates things. But then the moment Adam and Eve turn away through sin, keep reading. And you'll find the world grow tired and sad even in its first years, immediately after the sin of Adam and Eve, their relationship, which had been one of harmony and of peace and of trust, walking together with God as friends in the garden, becomes one of suspicion. Adam suspicious of Eve, Eve suspicious of Adam. One of tension, one of labor. Adam no longer simply walks in the garden, now he has to work. He has to work by the sweat of his brow for food that will not be enough. And immediately after them, their children, Cain and Abel, immediately come to violence and to tragedy. And as we follow the whole history of humanity, further and further, each chapter onward, we find similar things. Death and violence Lies, suspicions, lust, sin of every kind. We find the Tower of Babel where man raises himself up to the level of God, or so he thinks, where humanity in pride says, we will challenge even the heavens themselves. And it gets so bad that God wipes it all away in the flood, except for Noah, who is faithful. And onward it continues. 
God puts into, into action his plan for salvation. He calls Abraham away from idolatry and to the worship of the one true God rather than the worship of idols. He gives the law to Moses and sets the people Israel free from slavery in Egypt. And he raises up the judges and the prophets and eventually King David and his whole line. But in all of these stories, God acts and then humanity receives with enthusiasm at first and then falls back into an old and tired, tired, tired pattern of sin. The tenor of it is undeniably melancholic. There are brief points of glory in a long procession of tired sin and boring failure because sin and evil are ultimately very boring. You can ask any priest who has heard confessions for more than an hour. Sin is dull. (laughs) There are only so many of them. They're not creative. And they end up leading each soul only into slavery. But at the appointed time, God gave us something new and fresh and beautiful and actually creative and interesting in our Blessed Lady. That when there had been, for all history, simply a succession of human shortcomings, God reached out from heaven and provided for the world the one who would bear his son, who uniquely among all people had and has a heart that is only for God, that loves him perfectly, and because it loves God perfectly, can love all humanity perfectly. That's the immaculate heart of Our Lady, our Mother and our Queen, that she uniquely offers no resistance to the creative designs that God has always had. That God who first created all things in the beginning with such care and detail and order now gets to recreate the whole world through the heart of this daughter of his. There is nothing, nothing, nothing so fresh and new as the sinless, immaculate heart of Mary. And what does that heart bring into the world? But Christ our Lord, God himself in the flesh. Has anything like this ever happened before? That someone should be free from tired old sin and should be so open to God that she can conceive in her heart first the very word that comes from his mouth and then in her flesh carry the God who's desired to come among his people. Where has this ever happened before? Where could it ever happen before? I encourage you, look at the genealogies that begin the Gospels, especially the genealogy uh, in, in Matthew. And you'll find a whole unbroken order of so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so, and each one of them a sinner in their own right. And then at the end, finally, we hear begot Joseph, 
who was the husband of Mary, and of her was born the Christ. That God has seen all that humanity has to offer in its struggle to remain faithful, and knowing that left to our own devices, we cannot, cannot cross that gap from sin to holiness, intervenes himself. And at the end of the line, we have Joseph, who is the husband of Mary, who comes from God, and of her was born the Christ. That God has taken up all of these things in our history and in the history of the entire world and saved them by acting himself, saying, look what I will do now. So it is appropriate that at the beginning of the year, we take time to look at Mary and the Christ child and see in them not simply the same image we've always seen since childhood, simply the right thing to have up at the time of year, but to see in them the only true hope of all humanity, the only true hope of all humanity, and a source of vigor that does not die, of courage and enthusiasm that does not wane, no matter what goes on in the world or in our lives. I encourage you, this new year, draw close to Our Lady and to Christ through her. It's the time for making resolutions, the time for making changes in our lives. And perhaps the best ones we can make are the ones that bring us closer to the Lord, that help us to turn away from sin and towards goodness. So if we have sins in our lives, if we have habits of sin, and we know how exhausting those are, Those drag down our souls. They wear them out. They tire us and they steal from us our joy, our courage, our hope. If any of us has one of those habits of sin, whatever it may be, today is the day to hand it over to our Lord and to our Lady to resolve to confess it well, to make changes, to ask for the grace to be made new in Jesus Christ by the intercession of His Holy Mother. This is the time for that. If ever any of us have thought, if I were to do this, if I were to pray my rosary every day, if I were to read the scriptures every day, if I were to come visit the Lord in the tabernacle more often, perhaps I would feel closer to God, and perhaps I would be able to stand firm in my faith. Make that resolution. Now is the time. Through the intercession of her who is always, always full of God's own creative life, we too can receive the grace to become new that way. What a beautiful thing, not only to have the opportunity because the calendar year happens to have passed over at a certain point, but to have a real opportunity to be made fresh and to start again before God. What a beautiful thing. Let's take advantage of it. And before the end of the day, make some resolution to turn towards God with greater devotion, to turn away from some pattern of sin in our lives, 
and to pick up some habit of devotion that will lead us closer to him. And also, before the end of the day, pray your rosary. It's your mom's feast day. You should talk to her. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.